Hey everyone, and welcome to Unlikely to Apologize. I'm one of your hosts, Nikki. And I'm Heather. And welcome to, I guess today is Sunday. <laughs> today is Sunday. We are prepping lots of stuff. I feel like we got a lot done today. I know. I'm kind of impressed with us and that's, you know, squirrel because that's... Waiting till the last minute <laughs> has been um, what we've been doing. So right? I feel like we are, we're getting... We're getting some good stuff done. We're today. getting more organized. Yeah. I think we're getting better at understanding what it is we need to do. I mean, guys, this is a learning process, and thanks for taking the steps with us to get there. Yeah. This is a walk on our learning journey. It's, <laughs> it's definitely a work in progress. Rome is. wasn't built in a day, guys. I love that the music. <laughs> I know, right? So, I swear that should be my mantra from now on. Right, I'm sure. So, what did uh, you do this weekend? Uh, so it was quiet weekend. Um, oh, I was on a podcast this weekend. Oh, My oh, first actual me. like interview. Shout out to Jess Dukes, um, from Babe AF podcast here in Austin. Oh. Um, she actually had me on to talk about Beatnik. Um, Beatnik Beauty. Yeah, tell us what that is because we have not. I know we haven't shared yet. that yet. So Beatnik Beauty is my beauty company that I created. I mean, I created it years ago, but I finally like created it. You're doing the thing. Yeah. Now. Um, where I create non-toxic, all organic products, beauty products that we basically made from products that we, um, use every day, kind of bringing you back to basics. So you're not, you, you know, every ingredient, you understand what it is. Um, it's kind of like bringing it back to like what our grandmothers probably used to do things in their normal routine. I love so, it. Um, but I talked about hair bake because that's my big one. I also shared that on our page a couple weeks ago because it's my dry shampoo, but, um, the other thing I'm working on, I didn't mention. This that. is my favorite. I know. It's I, I think I've settled on a name. It's either gonna be boob bake or boob and booty bake. Yeah. Um, which is supposed to help with sweating, because let's all be honest. There's chub rub, there's boob rub. <laughs> yeah. And there's just sweatiness. And so. we're in Texas and it's hot. Yes. In the summer. It's cold right. right now, but it is it's hot in the summer, and I could I mean, my boobs get super sweaty. So <laughs> right. I'm so I'll excited. That. Yeah. I'm so excited to get that up and running. But Jessica, Jess was awesome. Um, when does that air? You know, I don't have any details. Have Once I will, I will share. But I yes. also asked her to come on here because I think she has a great story to share too. So shout out to Babe AF Podcast for having me on this weekend. It was great. You have to tell us when it goes because goes live because we want to listen to it. Yeah, I'll definitely share that. So awesome. thank you for my beatnik plug. Yeah, <laughs> always. <laughs> All right, let's get down into it. So we are here to introduce you to, well, introduce you through an episode we've already recorded uh, with our friend Tish from Pop-Up. Austin, Austin Pop-Up Pop Retreats. Thank you. Why am I like tiny? You are stumbling over your words. It's Austin Pop-Up Retreats. Thank you. I'm sorry, guys. I promise I haven't been drinking, so <laughs> I don't know what's going on. But Tish is, my God, absolutely oh. amazing. And I can't even put into words of how proud I, I don't mean, I barely know her and how proud I am for her coming on the show and yes. talking about what she's been through. When we interviewed her was the first time I ever spoke with her. Um, and I had chills like 90%, 99% because she just said things and I'm just like, I relate. I relate. That's how I feel. Me too. Mm -hmm. And it, she's just, I think, uh, there's so many things she said. I mean, I have a list. Of I like have so, but like, I can do this differently for myself. She talks about how when you say yes to other people, you're actually saying no to yourself. Mm -hmm. right. And I just, and then she, she, she shares about her story 
why she created Austin pop-up retreats. Um, I don't want to give a, away a whole lot now. I want you guys to listen to the episode. Um, but just the tools that she, she gives on how she overcame her struggle. I'm like writing it down. Like I need to do that. I need to do that. Well, she called it like a tool bag, right? Like you have these they're coping mechanisms, essentially. If she was in a really, you know, low spot and she, she needed help finding the, the tools basically to um, get her to a place where she can be functioning again and really come back to herself. One of the favorite things that I think she said was I was running after myself and Mm. she was just in a place where she just needed to slow herself down and be like, like, take care, like take care of you. Right. She was running after herself. If you don't take care of yourself, one, you can't take care of anybody else. But if you don't take care of you, who's going to take care of you? Oh, no, I, I say this all the time. Nobody's going to save you. Yes. And that's my coping me- mechanism, I have to say, is sometimes like when I'm having an issue and I'm like, all right, I can call people, clearly. Mm-hmm. But it's my thing is nobody's going nobody's gonna to save me. At the end right. of the day, I know what I need. Mm-hmm. I might need help finding the tools to get there, but at the end of the day, it's yourself. Like you have to, you have to handle your own sometimes. Right. And I feel like this is such a great episode to, for me to re-listen to, because we just recorded this episode that will now be, I guess, last week's episode where we were talking about self-love and I shared with you, I mean, a breakdown that I literally had minutes before we were recording mm-hmm. and prior to hitting record, we had a conversation and I said to you I have the tools I'm just not using them but then like re-listening to Tish and the tools she's giving I'm sitting here I'm thinking to myself maybe I don't have the tools or maybe I don't have the right tools for me right and I think one of the things I said to you earlier because I think I brought that to your attention because we had talked about you know maybe going to therapy or doing Mm -hmm. a retreat and you're like I have all the tools I can do and I'm like but you're not at the place for years right but you're not at a place to utilize those tools you need that just that that push. What did I say? You're on your tippy toes yes. right now. And you need to take that step. So I just, I just feel like Tish, just her, everything she went through, all of the, the, the tools that she shares that helped her. I'm, I'm reevaluating maybe my tool bag and what I need to remove and what I need to add. So it was uh, yeah, so I, good. So good. I mean, she's, it's such a beautiful story and she's creating a great thing here in oh Austin. Oh my gosh. Austin pop-up retreats, her whole mission of creating these one day, not retreat, even full days, they're just like full, hours. Yeah, that are it's and what does she say? It's a space for women to reconnect with themselves, mm-hmm. and it's just. It's and so I feel beautiful. like we've been talking about this for the past couple of weeks because it's literally been on my brain because it was such out of my such, out like out of my comfort zone with what I did, and like I came out of it I'm like okay, maybe I do want to start meditating. Maybe this yeah. is something. Or and just the other thing too, I was thinking about meditation. I do have my own versions of it. I might not lay down and sit there and stare at a ceiling, but like I'll sit there and go, okay, let's just be quiet for a minute. Or like mm-hmm. I always say, that I make a joke at work. I was like, I take showers and I'll put my head against the corner of the wall and I just let the water hit me and I'll just be yeah. quiet. Maybe that's a form of meditation that I never actually acknowledge. Ooh. You know, so like it was, it was kind of eye opening to say, okay, I do have some of these things in my practice, right? But I never gave them credit. Like, yeah, I would be the first one. Go, I don't meditate, but literally, will sit in my shower fifteen minutes. And quiet. that is, I mean, I don't know anything about meditation, but I feel like that. I feel like maybe that's a tool I need to. <laughs> You're I mean, gonna go home Danielle, with Danielle. <laughs> Danielle meditate. Danielle talked about meditating. Yeah. Tish is talking about meditating. Oh, you I mean, we're gonna... it. And I'm just like, maybe that's something that I, I think I need to reevaluate my tool bag 
after this conversation with right. Tish. And I, I feel like meditation is going to come up a lot. We're going to be interviewing Michelle next week. And I think she's very big on it as well. She's my sister's therapist and yeah. who has helped her with finding that that way. It's kind of hard to let yourself get to that place though. Like one thing my sister texts me, she's like, I listened to your episode where you were talking about meditate. And she was like, you have to like let your mind, how did she put it? Like you have to let your mind go. Or there was like a mantra she gave me Ooh. to say, and it was something along the lines of, and now I, here I go again, trying to say something I can't remember. <laughs> I promise I'm going to find you guys. Um, but she had a, some, something that her therapist said that you could say over and over again, if you find your mind racing. Oh, um, I would be curious as to what this is because yeah. I, when you, when you meditate, when you meditate and your mind wanders, just repeat love and light. Oh, so if you find yourself in a place where you're just laying there and you, this is what I was talking about, right. I found myself going, what's well, my grocery list? Or when I get home, I got to cook this or oh, mm-hmm. we have to go to the downtown for the football game. Like I wasn't able to come in. And she said, just say that over and over again. And it kind of will just love and light, love and light. And it'll allow yourself to like open up, I guess. I haven't tried this yet, guys. Ooh, I'm going to try it. I feel like, I feel like I'm going to add meditating and journaling. And uh, you're finding me a therapist. So. I'm going to find you a therapist. I volunteered to do that. Um, journaling, I don't know if I can do um my sister does it she loves it but I also made jokes that I don't like I, I don't believe in the manifestation of things so I feel like people do this because they like well what do you journal right so I feel like right and if you guys listened to last week's episode it's weird saying that because we recorded everything yeah. today but like last week's episodes where I kind of give you my breakdown that I just had am I supposed to journal like what I'm feeling then or am I supposed to journal like Right, manifesting the fe- like. Right, how do so you journal Tish, when we when we went when I went to her retreat, she actually gave us journal prompts. Ooh, see, that's what I think. I need so she me. actually gave away journals at the event, and inside of it was a piece of paper with like three or four things. Mm. I'm shamefully going to admit, I did not do it, but that's fine. But she did because people, and she explained at the retreat that some people do like, what am I supposed to be writing about? What do I do? Um, people buy. I've seen. I think my sister might have one. Journals that come with prompts within it. That's I mean, I mean, you were doing the Bible stuff, right? Where you were yes, doing verses. And I still do um, a, like a Bible study practice, but I don't feel like that is diving into what I'm actually experiencing and feeling and needing. And what so you're I, struggling yeah, with. Yeah. Really. What's like, it's not helping me pull out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like maybe I need to spend some time looking into that. Yeah. I mean, I, it was a great experience. I, I haven't done the journal. The meditation part was pretty cool. And with that being said, I guess that's the end of our intro. So please take some time to listen to Tish as she has an amazing story. And I hope you all have a great day. See you next time. Bye, everyone. Bye. Hey, Tish. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you ha- for having me. I'm so excited to be with you, ladies. We're happy to have you. Yeah, this is going to be um, exciting. Um, so happy you decided to share your journey. Um, just a little background. I recently went to a retreat of yours. For those that are listening, Tish has started Austin pop-up retreats where she's creating a space for women to come and and reconnect with themselves. I think that if I correct me if I'm wrong, but the name of the retreat that I went to was Curiosity and Connection. That's right. And it was a place as we know, I mean, Heather had talked about it, um, a couple weeks ago, I feel like it was a couple weeks ago, and how it was just this way of bringing ourselves back to ourselves in a sense. So how about you start with a little bit about yourself? Okay. 
So I am a nurse uh, for the last almost 22 years now. And I've always had that call in me to help others. And, um, but it took me coming to a place, a low point in my life for me to discover really what my passions and what aligned for me in my calling. Right. So that calling being Austin pop-up retreats. That's right. right. <laughs> After having that first one, I already had the thought that this was definitely what I was made to do. And after going through that experience with all of you that day, I am now just more convinced than ever that this is exactly what I want to create for other women. And I'm very excited and passionate. Can you tell us for like, so I wasn't there. What exactly does one of these retreats look like? Like what is the day? What are you, what are you guys doing? So each retreat is going to be a little bit different. My idea in creating these was to create a place and a space where busy women, women, working mothers, busy call it like we're all busy. So whether you're a college student or in the late stages in life, I'm finding how much we're all juggling so much from the beginning of the day to the end. And most of us can't take more than just an hour or two to meet friends for dinner to have a break. And I kept, yeah, go I was going to say, we do this whole thing where we will text each other back and forth. I feel like for a week going, what day are you available? What day are you available? Mm -hmm. Just for us to have dinner with our spouses, because it's, it's so much. And you're right. I don't think it, I don't think it matters what age you are, if you have kids or not, we're constantly just on the go. Mm -hmm. My core group of friends and I, it will take us three or four months to all get together for dinner. Yeah. And you're, it's the same thing. It's texting to make this align. And so I kept hearing these whispers of like, create the thing you need. And I, especially after the last two years needed a day uninterrupted to spend on myself. And because I do appreciate a quiet walk with my dog, I love to just get out in nature, even if it's just the green belt locally. I love to journal. I love to light a candle and just meditate for 15 minutes uninterrupted. And I can't do that even at home usually. And so I thought there have to be other women who just want a real moment to breathe. Because even when we go to dinner with our friends, think about it. You might have vented to your friends about all of your struggles, but did it have some sustaining lasting impact in your week for helping you to improve your mood? Probably not. not. Probably not. And I kept thinking, we really aren't taught how to incorporate things into our day that are going to have a lasting effect. And maybe if women had a day to themselves, something that I present before you in one of these retreats will be something you'll even consider 
maybe it just plants a seed for the future when you're in struggle and you go, you know what, maybe I will journal. Maybe I will try Caitlin's yoga and it'll maybe give you just enough of a glimmer, especially when you're going through a stressful time that I could do this differently for myself. Oh, I love that. I love that. I also love the idea. So one of the things that when people hear the word retreat, I immediately think whole weekend, I don't have time to do this. I can't leave my husband with three dogs and to not that he wouldn't be able to handle it, but like, that's not fair to him. So when, when I went to yours, when you graciously invited us, thank you very much for that. It was okay for me to say yes, because I was only gone for a couple hours and those couple hours I explained to Heather and I called her as soon as I had left. And I was like, you would not believe what I just did today. (laughs) She was like giggling at me because I'm like, I don't journal. I don't meditate. I don't do all of these things. Just like, oh my God, I wish I was there. (laughs) I love that stuff. (laughs) But it's, it's true, right? Most people don't have a full weekend or even a full 24 hours. So to be able to go someplace for a few hours and, and learn these tools, right? So like Nikki isn't somebody who journals. So for her to learn the tools of journaling, right? Um, she meditated, like that kind of stuff to be able to, to experience that and say like, oh, this could be something that I could use, maybe not right now, but in the future. I just, right. I love that idea. And two things that I want to bring up, which is to reiterate exactly what you just said, which is none of us or few of us can take an entire weekend. Right. You know, we've had, we've had multiple conversations with uh, Heather, just bringing this up, you know, your struggles with everything that you've been with the last couple of years. One of the things I said, what if you try to retreat? And that was exactly her response. I don't have time. I don't (laughs) have time to do this. And it's right. I mean, it's a little bit different for me in the sense I don't have kids, so I can't necessarily relate to that part. I do have three dogs and I have a husband and I, I, you know, somewhat manage this house, but even the idea of going away for a weekend without having the time to plan it, you know, like, Hey, two months from now, I'm going to be gone for the weekend. Right. It's not something I can go on Thursday. You know what? I'm leaving for the weekend to take care of myself. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that was what kept pressing on me. I had a little resistance as I was creating it internally going, uh, but all retreats are three days or a weekend. And I, I kept just thinking, no, just create the thing you need and other people need it too. And as a mom or even just a working professional, I thought I didn't want to start it too early on Saturdays because we all want to just kind of have the morning to relax, walk our dog, have our coffee. So that's why it started a little later in the morning. And then it was ending in time for you to have dinner with friends or family, get on to something, some other commitment. And for those of us that are moms, you get to be home and put your kids to bed. So I really did want to make it where there was less friction and resistance in your saying no. Right. to give you an opportunity to, right. to consider it more seriously. Right. And that made it easier for me to consider it quite honestly. Um, mm-hmm. The idea, and I, I, I'm not going to apologize for it, but the idea of going away for a weekend and sharing my feelings and being put into this position is not something I would actually ever say yes to. So it was kind of, it was very eye-opening for me because I, as I, we talked about it, I think on our one of our episodes about how like just the meditation part for me was 
really big. It's not something I do. And like finding out what my safe place was, that was a huge thing. Like, that's not something I love my husband, but that's not something that I would consider if you were to ask me three weeks ago, what my safe space was, I probably would say the beach, you know, but now that I did that, I'm like, Oh, it's him. (laughs) So it was great. So we look forward and Heather is very, I'm going to drag you next time. We look forward to the next. We look forward to the next ones and whatever you have planned, because it really was a beautiful experience and it was eye-opening for me. And it, Thank you. That's all I have to say is thank you because I didn't realize that I needed it until I was there. Thank you for coming and (laughs) for saying yes. I feel like people have to be brave and willing to step out of their comfort zone. And you just never know. I had one woman reach out to me afterwards and say, I really didn't think I needed this. I just came because I know you. And it showed her how much she really did need community and that she had been trying to do a lot of things on her own. And it really opened her eyes a little bit of how much support there is out there. Cause it was such a positive environment and we're not met with that so openly at work or in any of our groups, there's always a little bit of a mask on where you're like, Oh, how are you? I'm fine. And I felt like it was a safe space to really say, however you are really doing. Right. That's really cool. Yeah. And it's that word community, I think. So again, the difference of opinions here, um, I'm not one to necessarily reach out, right? Like I will, I will sit here and go, okay, what do I need to do to make myself happy? What do I do to bring myself back? If I find myself, sometimes it is just laying in bed. I'm not going to lie. Like the way that I manage my stress has been, I'm not waking up today. I'm going to lay in this bed all day and I'm going to have, I'm going to feel my feelings and then I'm going to move on. But being able to voice and talk out loud of these issues. And it's not that I don't trust my friends or don't think I have support with my friends. Sometimes I, do I really need to tell them? Do they really, they were dealing with their own stuff. Do I really need to share my burden? And I, Heather, you and I talked about this in our apologizing effort um, episode, excuse me, where it's like, when we call each other to talk about feelings, we're always go, I need to, I'm sorry, I got a vent or I just need to get this off my chest because we are literally unloading our struggle to another person. Then you're going to, you're going to feel some shit from this. It might not have anything to do with you, but your mindset is going to change because you talked to me. So I'm sorry in advance, right? So it was nice to see other people. And I don't want to say it was nice to see people struggling. That's not the way to put it, but it was nice to feel that other people have their own versions of struggles and they had a place to, a safe place to talk, or even if they didn't talk, just be there and listen. So they know that they're not by themselves. Yeah. It was beautiful. I think there's, there's a a powerful thing in feeling you're not alone. It's, it's that feeling of being alone. That is where you can really get into a mental, emotional struggle. So I just think like having a community of people around you who, even if they're not going through the same thing as you, but just struggling, like you said, in general, it's just, it's just a a comfort, I guess. Right. That's knowing you're not alone. Right. That's what Danielle said this weekend, like that moment of when she realized how much support she had, right? Like she Mm -hmm. wanted to handle it on her own, but she was like, it was 
a blanket around her, this like cozy little cocoon that was like, hey, we're here if you need us type of thing. So it was a beautiful, beautiful retreat. Thank you. Do you mind sharing, I guess, what it was there a specific moment where something happened in your own life that you were going through that really propelled you into creating this? So this idea took a couple of years to come together, really. Um, I, in midlife, uh, was struggling with an eating disorder. And it was through me admitting to myself where I was at and then seeking support. I got through that by running after myself. And let me explain what that means. I said, that's beautiful. Let's, let's talk about that for a minute. (laughs) So we, my generation, I'm, (laughs) we were raised as little girls to be people pleasers. And I, and my family was the youngest and didn't have much of a voice and I wasn't the superstar. And as long as I was quiet and smiled and had the right answers, then I earned love. Maybe people would say, oh, that's a strong way to say it, but that's really what we all, that what, what children desire is to be loved and seen. And so if you say the right thing, and you please, then that's a feeling of love you receive back. So I was mm-hmm. excellent at that. It's like <laughs> validation, I, right? Yeah, absolutely. getting that validation. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't until I functioned very highly through life. I did not have an eating disorder as a teenager. I was an excellent student. I went to college. I was a nurse by the age of 21 working full-time. I was very self-sufficient, but what I did learn in recovering from my eating disorder was having to look back at the thought patterns that started in childhood of little ways of denying myself. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I felt that. Yeah. (laughs) Little ways of denying yourself. So in that process of like going back, um, what was that kind of like for you? I'm sure it wasn't easy. I mean, I can't imagine if I had to go down that path. You know, if anyone out there has an eating disorder, I, I send you my love right now because there's two parts to it, which is, I want to share something that was really powerful and also just now as laughable to me as a nurse, I have a master's degree. I was working full time. I was a mom of two young kids and I, I finally admitted to myself, we adopted our children. So I, I admitted to myself, I needed help. And day one in the therapist office, I go in, I tell her what's going on, just lay it all on the line. And she goes, you know, this isn't about the food. And I just broke down because I wanted it to be about the food because that was an easier problem to solve. Right. And so, um, 
So, but number one, to recover from something like that, you have to deal with the initial problem, which is the food. And then I had to deep dive into uh, therapy. And really, I was, I was a, I am a damn good mom. <laughs> and you you toot that horn. Do yes. it. <laughs> Your so girls today, are going to listen to this one day. Like, my mom is a superstar. <laughs> yes. But I had to get really intentional in that moment about for the first time ever, what did I want? Because I had been saying yes so long to a path that was not really mine. It was what everyone else desired for me that in order to heal, I no longer could be in self-denial. And so the hardest thing to do is to be authentic to yourself. Wow. Think about it. We so often in so many small ways, deny ourselves. And I had to get really honest that I didn't want to be working the job I was working, that I wanted to be at home with my kids, no matter what sacrifices. I had to get really honest whenever emotions came up and sit with myself about what was that really about? in marriage, as y'all know, there's so many frustrations. And so it was, I am a completely different person than who I was then, because now I don't just feel all my feelings, but I am so honest with everyone and with myself. If I say no now a lot, and I used to never say no. That's, that's a very good it's a very good point um, with this, I, like this year of yes that I'm doing. Um, I used to be the people pleaser, as you said, is one of the questions I'm going to ask and Heather, please chime in here too, is that background of like, I have to make sure that everybody likes me. I have to make sure that I am the person that somebody can depend on. And it got to the point where I was saying yes to everything. And then one year, my new year's resolution was, I'm going to say no more. I'm not going to spread myself thin. I'm not going to do these things because I feel that it would make somebody happy. If I genuinely don't want to do something, I'm going to say no. See, and I'm the opposite where I still am living in that. um, I just want everybody to be happy. And by making everybody else happy, I'm not happy. My husband actually told me today, um, he, he, we were having a conversation about work. And he told me that I am a yes. He said, you're a yes, ma'am person. You say yes. And you say yes. And you say yes. And you just bottle up how you're really feeling because you just don't ever say no, or you don't ever tell somebody, I don't want to do that. Or I can't do that. Or you just say yes and deal with it internally. Right. And And that internal, and that internal, like anguish that we feel will come out as a different emotion in a different situation that doesn't have anything to do with, with what you're actually dealing with at that moment. That was a very hard lesson for myself. And I will say, I will tell you this. And for those that are listening at home, I love you all moving to Texas made that a lot easier for me. 
because I was segregated from the group that I had and which I love them all dearly. I was segregated from my family who I love all dear as well. But it got to a point where I was here and I was isolated. So I could say no, right? I can't come because I'm in Texas. I'm and far away. I'm far away. But it was a little path of self-discovery that I can now take this time to focus on the things that were important to me and to build what it is that I thought me as a person, I buried myself in work, wasn't a good trade-off. That's a, that's a conversation for another day, (laughs) but I, it made it easier. But to your point, it is very hard to say no and getting used to saying, no, I can easily just go to you. Like Heather, when you say, Hey, I want to do this. I'm like, man, I don't feel like doing it. Or like, I'm not making up an excuse anymore. Right. Cause you don't, that's the other thing about people pleasing. You feel so guilty saying no, that you try to find excuses to say no, right. even if they're not legit. Right. And then, you know, that somebody who knows you very well knows you're making this up. Right. Like they're going to be like, yeah. she's, she's, she's lying. She's making this up. She doesn't well, really but, have to do that. But that's part of what I really value in my friendship with you is that you tell me, like, if you don't really want to do this, you oh, need yeah. to tell me. And so I feel like for the first time ever, I'm actually able to, with you at least, be a little bit more honest about, I don't really want to do that. Because I still kind of, I don't say it in a strong no. No. It's more like a (laughs) You're right. But at the end of the day, you're not hurting my feelings. (laughs) That's what I think the problem is. If we were to talk about this, this yes first no, it's not so much of not necessarily wanting to do something. We're afraid of hurting people's feelings right? And if I come to you and go, you can't hurt my feelings. I would rather you be honest that you don't want to do something. You don't want to be involved with something, or it's not your cup of tea. Then you fake it throughout the whole process because a you're bonding on, you're bonding on an experience. That's not necessarily good for either of us, right? Because it's, you're bringing fake emotions or fake mannerisms or fake I don't know how else to put it, but it's not your true self. So for you to go through that process, I'm here because I'm afraid I'm going to hurt you. You're actually hurting it more because you're not being true to yourself. So I don't get your true self. So that's why I'm like, you can't, there's a lot, it takes a lot to hurt my feelings. That's what I usually tell people when I first meet them. It takes a lot to hurt my feelings. Just be honest. I don't know if that's a normal thing for anybody, but... (laughs) I also think we have to learn that sometimes we are going to hurt people's feelings, but it's better to say a yes to yourself than to say yes to someone else and no to yourself. That's a very good point. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to have to start telling myself that it's better to say yes to myself and no to someone else. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that's powerful in that. It's very powerful. And one of the things that you and I always talk about is when I built any type of relationship, especially in friendships, I would prefer the ugly, the nasty, the nose than I would for you to try to please me because you're, you're doing a disservice to both of us because I'm not getting your authentic self. And I'm thinking that this relationship's great. Meanwhile, you're suffering. That doesn't help anybody. And that should go with any relationship, right? Your spouse, your husband, boyfriend, children, right? You should even have that. I mean, I don't have kids, so I can't speak to that. Even having that boundary with your kids. No, I don't want to do this right now. How about you find some time and teach, you know, I don't know. I can't speak to that so much that I don't have kids, but (laughs) all right, this is, oh, this is so good. So with all of that, 
let's continue more into this healing journey. So you went to therapy, you found all these things. Let's, mm-hmm. let's continue with that journey. Well, so I, so what I discovered most in therapy up front was that I really, as much as I had used a lot of tools to cope with stress and emotion, that I really didn't have healthy coping mechanisms. I worked, so I also, Heather, had an infertility journey. I did not go through a lot of treatment, but it was it was right after that that my eating disorder expressed itself officially because I think all of some of the things I went through traumatically in my teens and 20s that I bottled up, once we got married... And I wasn't able to get pregnant. And, I, and again, we didn't do a lot. I did a lot of natural things um, and tried Clomid. And I didn't go any further than that. Uh, but I poured myself into Chinese medicine and yoga. And I, but before that, to cope with my emotions, I want to go back because I feel like this is applauded. I was working out. I was working you know, my, my full-time job after work four to five days a week, I would go to Bikram yoga, which is very intense, 90 minute workouts. And I, I did it intensely for several years. Well, I was of course applauded for my discipline when really in reality, I was avoiding my feelings. I didn't think about it at all. I actually had no time to think about my feelings. I worked all day. I went and worked out. I was exhausted. I ate dinner. I went to bed rinse and repeat. And I think so many people do do that. And it is applauded for eating healthy. It's applauded for being so disciplined and no one ever all the, once I got into my infertility journey, ever looked at that with me and said, Hmm, I just think somebody should have maybe paused. Right. And instead they just start throwing all these meds at you. Mm -hmm. And that immediately sent me like this, you know, halting going, uh, and so I then was told, well, you need to stop doing your Bikram yoga, which was my coping mechanism for my emotions. And that's what slowly led me towards kind of unraveling. Honestly, was I was, I felt broken after not being able to get pregnant Mm -hmm. and I thought, yeah. And I thought I was fine because I'm a nurse. Right. And we just kind of all just, you just suck it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's other people with worse things than me. And so I just thought I should just be lucky. I'm healthy. I'm fine. It's fine. And, and I was happy to adopt my husband is adopted. So it wasn't that that was such a, that was, that was fine. It was just more me feeling broken and not knowing how to deal with it. And then we had some stress in my family that kind of hit at that time with my parents. And I just, it was just the straw that snapped and I didn't know how to cope. That's a, that's a big thing. Coping mechanisms. I feel like I use that term a lot with my mom and and mostly uh, most of my conversations with her because that is something we're not taught. If you look back to us as kids, we had this conversation with Caitlin as well. It's you crying. Let me give you something to cry about. Stop. 
you know, we weren't ever taught to necessarily feel these feelings. You know, I have this situation where I, I text you, Heather and Haley. Um, so quick backstory. I don't have kids for many reasons. One of the main reasons is health. And we'll get into that in later episodes because I don't really talk about it. There's my coping mechanism. Um, but one of the, like, there are certain triggers and my coping mechanism at the time is just to cry it out in the moment and then move on. Not realizing that I should actually talk about it. Whereas Heather, who's very different than I, she's very vocal about her her struggle with this. And it's something I admire her about her because to me, I'm also like, I just, I'm just going to deal with this. Heather has made it a point. I see you're quiet over there. (laughs) Heather has come forward with a lot of her struggles with it, which I admire because it's not something that I've done because again, I still have that playing in my head, like keep it yourself, deal with it, move on. So I went the opposite direction with our infertility. So I have a son um, that my husband has legally adopted. So he's biologically mine, but my husband adopted him. Um, and then we tried for years to get pregnant. We did IVF twice in 2020. Um, and it ended with no viable, um, healthy embryos. And I went the opposite direction where I just started eating. So I would feel sad or stressed out or frustrated or anything. And I, I just ate everything. And I actually gained 50 pounds that year. Um, and trying to lose it, it's, you know, I'll be doing really well for a while. And then something triggers with, I see a pregnancy announcement and I just go rogue and eat everything. So I have, I, which I feel like is, I don't, I mean, I don't know much about eating disorders, but I feel like binge eating is a form of an eating disorder. Absolutely. Um, I just never, you know, threw up after I would binge eat and I still have my moments where I do. So I can, I can very much relate to using food, but food isn't the issue, but it's the first issue that you have to deal with and then get to the actual root cause of the issue. Um, and I'm still on this journey of figuring it out now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry for that, for what you've been through. I want to pause there and just say that's really heavy and I can fill you on that. And, um, and I think spending time with the parts of us that hurt like that, not even in counseling with someone else, but the greatest tool that I learned was to take time and really nurture. Some people call it the inner child. Some people just say a part, there's parts work that I did in internal family systems or IFS therapy. And it's, y'all should really interview an IFS therapist. It's a really incredible model of therapy that has got huge breakthroughs for everything from anxiety to depression. Um, Because what it does is it does get you to look at the different parts of yourself. If you think about it, when you're at dinner with friends, or if you're at home with a spouse or partner or at work, you present a different face or personality. Mm -hmm. And so you, you, in IFS, you, you kind of take time to see what part wants to come forward that day Mm -hmm. and you spend some time with it. It's a very, you have to have a lot of patience with this model, but the parts of us that feel broken when they're given space will come forward and 
you get a chance to almost mother that part. And it was, it's been really powerful. Yeah, that's, uh, I'm like a little speechless on that. The first thing that comes to mind, there's a movie where, you know, somebody has like all these different personalities and they all come forward at different parts. And that's immediately where my mind went because it's right. We have, I always say this, I've I've said it quite a few times, I think on, on, on our podcast is that there are variations of you that everybody in the world has, right? Or everybody you've been in contact with. And it is not the same variation that you know yourself to be. And that impression or variation, as I use that word over and over again, sits with those people. And it, it, it doesn't necessarily define you, right? But being able to sit down and go through those different variations, I'd be very interested to see <laughs> what I do because I feel like I can... I'm a, like, that's the other thing. I'm a chameleon, right? You can, you could throw me in any situation and I will find a way to fit in. Like, that's how, so I would like to mother those people. (laughs) (laughs) I know it sounds a little bit crazy. No, um, I'm actually welcoming it because it sounds amazing. I'm I'm very interested in it. So Sarah, who spoke at my retreat, she's not, was not my therapist, but she's an IFS therapist. And, um, Perfect. And, oh, you should maybe speak. She's, to her, on, but... she's on our list. Um, awesome. I, I sent you Heather, all of her information. And I was like, we need to talk to this woman because I also love, she was also one of my stargazing part partners oh, in the yeah. retreat. Yeah. So her and I got talking, I sent Heather information. I have to reach out to her, but she is on our list, but even right. better now that you said that you're, you're going to love it because she, she reframes it. I get really into just talking about it. She'll soften it for your listeners. So for anyone <laughs> listening, it won't sound so wild. I don't think it was wild at all. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, um, but you know, so the thing I want to take it back to that I think whenever any of us are struggling, I used to look around when I was in recovery and see, I have several friends who at the end of a stressful day, what do we do? I mean, not to, we pour a glass of wine. Yeah. Doing it. (laughs) And I mean, I have one friend who admits, I don't know if I want to come to your retreat because there's no alcohol. Like there, we all have things that we cope with, whether it's our social media, whether it's exercise um, you know, TV, binge watching alcohol and eating disorder really is not that different. It's just turned into a coping mechanism. And when I would look around, there were times when I would get frustrated because I, I had to relearn how to eat, which I needed to, but it was frustrating to not just be able to quit the thing that that I was dealing with. It was like, well, I can't just quit this. I have to feed kids and be a healthy functioning person. Mm -hmm. And so I really, that's really the brilliant gift of it. As hard as it was to recover, I couldn't just quit it. I had to become someone new. And I did that with therapy. I poured myself into meditation And I just recently learned transcendental meditation. So I'm doing that now, but before I just would put on my headphones and pull one up and I did, I explored all kinds. I started taking intentional time for myself at the end of the day to, if I had a really stressful day and, and whether it was expressed in eating or me just trying to hold on all day to not erupt on someone, 
I would tell myself at the end of the day, we're going to spend time in this. And I had to commit to doing that. And it's really hard. I really wanted to just sometimes escape into something else, TV or a book, but I would sit down and I would journal and go, okay, Tish, what was that about today? You were really irritated with this person or this thing happened. And all I could think about was food for an hour. What was going on? And so in any kind of recovery journey or to really have change, you, you have to be intentional every single day to pull up what came up in you and spend time there. Right. That's kind of similar to what Danielle, what was Danielle saying? Meditate on it. My sister, whenever she had these feelings of anger and she talked to her therapy therapist, meditate on it, meditate on it. How many, she must've said it like four times, meditate on it. That was her thing. That was basically your intentional time with yourself. It was just, why is this bothering me? Why am I angry? And the other thing she said too, is the only time it actually really happened to her is when she didn't, she wasn't fulfilled. Mm. That was a great thing that I got from her is being a fulfilling person, right? Where you can go, why is this happening? Answer the question, but if you can't sit with it. So that's, Mm -hmm. it's so interesting to see two separate women come together with the same thought. My heart's so happy right now. (laughs) (laughs) And also give yourself, sit with it and give yourself what you need. I learned I give myself what I need now, uh, but like I said, I changed my job. I would tell my husband, I need this and I, and food. So for so many people right now, they're on diets and you're trying to change the way you look, give yourself what you need. And you'll find that so much of that stress just goes down. I, if I want a bag of Skittles, I'm going to eat a bag of Skittles now. And And you'll find that in giving and saying yes to yourself in all the ways you, it, it just calms your nervous system down because you gain this inner trust that you're not going to deny anything within you. I love that. Yeah. Not eating disorder wise, but my exercise is a huge. You're, you're cutting out Nikki. Am I? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I think I, here it is. Um, my exercise is a coping mechanism. And if I don't work out, I punish myself so bad to say this, but I punish myself to eat either healthier or less on the days that I don't work out because to me, I didn't do what I was supposed to do. So that is something I am struggling, but learning to maneuver right now. So the other night I wanted two back, they're called giggles because I can't have anything with dairy or gluten instead of Skittles because I want them. But I had two bags of giggles and you know what? I didn't feel bad about it because, and I didn't go kick, I didn't go boxing that day and I still didn't feel bad about it. So I'm learning. It's, it is definitely a hard, a hard thing to not punish yourself for. And that's, I think the key word is punish. If I didn't do my class today or I didn't go to the gym why it's okay it's it's okay I didn't feel like doing it and that's fine some days your body just needs to rest right I don't need to be seven days a week right Mm -mm. one day is not going to keep me from losing weight or giving me the body structure that I think I'm going to use I took the dogs for a walk and said that should be just enough right so that's we all have those types of like this I, I say disorders but they their body morphia or whatever it's called but it is this 
back and forth with yourself. I literally beat myself up if I don't go to the gym. And it sets a, it sets a tone for my day. Right. Yep. 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 You pass or fell first thing in the morning if you haven't worked out or yeah, exactly. there's this pass fell thing we do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, didn't go to the gym. My day's ruined. Let's just eat whatever I want to eat. And then what was it yesterday? Her, Heather and I had a conversation. I'm like, I'm literally shoving everything in my mouth because I'm like, I didn't go to the gym today. So let's just, let's just carry on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, oh man. All right. This is, I'm like, you're amazing. I know you really for everything. What I love, I think the most about everything is that you turned something, um, so painful to you into something so beautiful to other people. And I just, I love that. And I, it just, I love that, that you took your pain and your struggles and you're just making something beautiful for somebody else. So thank you for sharing what you're no. sharing with the world because it's amazing. absolutely beautiful. Thank you both for saying that. It's, <laughs> it's, um, you know, I used to ha- hear really bad messaging from myself about what a shameful thing I had done and that I wasn't sure where I could turn it into something to be proud of, but, you know, transformation and you're a real life. I just got led. (laughs) (laughs) I just kept, kept hearing. So, so as far as the retreats go, I want to eventually evolve them all into being a little bit different. I want to introduce people to the different healing modalities, um, and maybe things they haven't considered. And like I said, at the beginning of our conversation, I hope that women will consider coming not because they're quote broken or dealing with any major thing. If you're a woman and living in the world, you could enjoy a break. I literally was that woman. (laughs) Well, but I, I also feel like the, the tools that you're providing at your retreats could be really helpful for even younger women who haven't necessarily experienced things yet. Yet. So if, if I had had tools before going through infertility and IVF, my journey may have been different and my, my outcome, you know, maybe I wouldn't binge eat and maybe I wouldn't be 50 pounds overweight. Maybe I wouldn't struggle with food. Maybe I wouldn't struggle with my body, you know, feeling like my body failed me, um, feeling broken. So I feel like to have those tools, even if you, before you need them yeah, is exactly. incredibly important. That's the exactly. key word before you need them. Yes. yes. Before you We're, need them. I feel like we all, I, that's exactly how I feel. I feel like I like things could have been different or maybe I would have gotten help sooner if something like this existed. And I think we often don't want to admit to ourselves, just like I found at the last retreat, women came who through being there that day admitted to themselves something they were feeling and had a chance to be a a little bit honest with themselves and feel their feelings. And I had someone tell me recently how she had been through an infertility struggle. And once she had her first child, that her first child was really, really hard. 
And she said, I couldn't admit for the longest time to anyone that it was hard because I felt like I should be nothing but grateful for this child. And so I understand that, right? I know you can like, that's how I was. I didn't want to admit how hard my first child was and that I was in the midst of a big struggle. And so hopefully women will come to the retreats. We will set the tone the way we did at the last one, which is opening with a really vulnerable story so that everyone realizes, as Glennon Doyle says, oh, we're doing that here. (laughs) And I love the way Glennon talks in that where it's like, oh yeah, like, so we can talk that way here. Right. (laughs) And that's what I want. Yeah. We can talk that way. I want you to drop your judgments of yourself and others at the door, Mm -hmm. put your cynicism away for a day and be open to the experience, bringing some sort of light into your life. Oh, I love that. Well, I feel like on, on kind of that note, I'm going to ask you, what is something that you used to apologize for? that you are unlikely to apologize for now? (laughs) For literally just (laughs) for everything. I used to apologize for being me. I used to apologize if I showed up two minutes late, although I had the intention of being on time. I would apologize for stepping into a room and someone was in a conversation and I didn't realize it. I would apologize for saying the wrong thing in an email or you name it. I apologized constantly. I don't apologize anymore. I, when I can, because I'm so authentic with myself and I am always trying my best. I don't owe anyone an apology. I'm here. I'm late. Can we get started? Oh my gosh. I love that. that I love amazing. it. <laughs> so great. <laughs> is, yes. So great. Yes. Oh, you're amazing. Oh, thank you so much for being here and for sharing your story, right. for creating such an incredible retreat for women. I just, I'm in awe right now of you. I just, I think you're amazing. She's actually speechless. Like I can't. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I'm in awe. I'm in absolute awe of you. I think you're incredible. <laughs> this I is- think Y'all are incredible (laughs) for creating this platform and for doing the same thing I'm doing, bringing people to awareness of other wonderful women, creating great things. I love the women you've interviewed. (laughs) Oh, yay. (laughs) I love it. I learned so much on the one about money. Oh, my God. Oh, she's amazing. Like, I want to bring her back monthly. Like, free, if you're listening you're coming back monthly because that was good. I kept rewinding, <laughs> right? The mental energy thing. She's like, you need to find something else. And why I'm like, what, what do you mean? I'm on my phone. <laughs> like how else more can I unwind? <laughs> yeah. She well, didn't let you away with No, my- she didn't let no. me get away with anything. She was literally putting my place. And I'm like, I'm speechless. Like you're calling me out. Good. Touche. Good for you. Like, I want her back so many more times. No, she was amazing. Um, she's another person that has a great story that literally, and, and we kind of didn't even get into the detail that I wanted to um, so much so that she was just, you know, putting me in my place, but like, she was the same thing. She created this company and she's making $500,000 a year because she was living paycheck to paycheck. And she's like, there's gotta be something different for me. 
there's got to be something different for me and my family. So thank you for acknowledging that. Heather and I have had this idea, I think, for the last three years. And yeah, we're finally we're finally doing so, it. Do you have another retreat scheduled? I do. March Let's, 6th. Yay. March 6th. I'm just announcing it this week. And it's going to be out at Lake LBJ, staring at the lake all day. Mm-hmm. It's going to be gorgeous. So, where can people find you and find out more information about your retreat? So I'm very active on Instagram at Austin pop-up retreats, and you can find me under my personal name, Letitia Holden on Facebook. There's a website coming soon, but for now, look for Austin pop-up retreats on Instagram. And we'll, we'll make sure that's in the link, um, the show notes as Heather calls it, because I'm still learning <laughs> the techni- technical terms. Um, and yes. you'll also see her in our stories. We share a lot of her stuff. Um, but yeah, this is, this is amazing. I'm so happy you, really? you finally came out with that. Mm-hmm. Me too. Thank you for, for allowing me to share a little bit of the detail and Can I just say, if there's anyone out there struggling, I'm not a therapist. I'm just another person, but I'm more than willing to help you find the resources you need to get help. Cause I, there's gotta be one person out there, um, who just needs a friend and I'm an open book. I'm a vault to your secrets and I am willing to help people get help. So reach out if you need me reach out everyone that's amazing (sighs) like i know this is so great this is so so good as always we have to end all of our episodes with the following if you like us or you like what you hear today please leave us a rating or a review you can also dm us on instagram as you know heather and i are always on instagram (laughs) so you can find us there whether it's our personal um instagrams uh heather what are you your Heather Lynn Flores. And I am Nikki Camps. And you can also get us on Unlikely to Apologize podcast okay. on Instagram. And the email is, I'm going to get it right, guys, is hello at unlikely to apologize.com. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, that's the end of our episode. Tish, it was so great to have you. Oh and my I look gosh. forward to seeing all the amazing things you're going to do. I can't wait for it. Me either. Thank you. It's going to be amazing. I got to come to the March 6th. March 6th. We'll mark it in our calendars. (laughs) Come, come, come. All right, guys. And on that note, we will talk to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye.